Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And your co-host, Allie. And... We are going to go over our clinical corner article today. You know, it doesn't bode well for me that time has gone by so fast that I feel like we just did one. And I was like, there's no way that there has been another month that went by. Blink of an eye. Because I, I looked at Matt and I said, we've already done this. And he was like, that was last month. And, you know, it's Here already January. <laughs> our January clinical corner. So... For our student listeners out there, we always try to give a little teaser in the beginning, a little question. Oh, yeah, do you have their quiz uh, question? And ready? we'll answer it. So, uh, here's your question, students. If a participant in uh, you know, sports, let's say specifically basketball, um, you were taking care of a youth who sprained their ankle, a high school or middle school athlete, and they said, "What's the best way to prevent this from happening again?" What would you tell them? So, there's your question. We'll I'm answer thinking, that in the episode. I'm thinking, because yeah. obviously I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of dive into the article a little bit, um, this article is looking at neuromuscular training, a warm-up program to reduce ankle and knee injury rates. And they specifically looked in youth basketball. Um, this study was done in Canada. And uh, as we know, Canada has a socialized medicine system. So they probably put a little more emphasis on um, injury prevention and looking at root causes uh, globally because obviously they're trying to lower cost across the medical system. So some good research comes out of Canada, um, and they do a lot of what they call in Canada physio, um, and we would call physical therapy. I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah. They have cooler words sometimes. I know. So I can't really do the Canadian accent, eh? (laughs) but. When they do it up there, eh? They do a oh, lot of physio. Yeah, that was pretty good. Eh? I think so. <laughs> so, um, and we talk about direct access here, and obviously on the direct access doctor physical therapy there podcast, it is. we're trying to highlight direct access, but direct access is very, very, very widely used and prevalent in Canada. Mm-hmm. If you hurt your ankle, knee, any bone joint or muscle problem, um, you know, barring obviously a very obvious acute fracture or something like that. Um, people would probably visit a physical therapist as a first-line treatment. Do so. we have any plans to expand to Canada? <laughs> as, not as of right now. <laughs> not yet, eh? <laughs> <laughs> if you keep that up, we might be there tomorrow. <laughs> but anyway, so in Canada, um, there's this surveillance in high school and community sport to reduce injuries basketball. So it's shred program. That so, sounds intense. I know. it's Shred it's, basketball. It's pretty intense. So... <laughs> Um, You know, this would be an easy buy-in. I'm just thinking of like my 13-year-old son and his buddies. If you told them you were going to have them do the shred program, they'd be all about it, you know. so We're really into this. For the clinicians out there who might be thinking about having people, you know, do this program, or if you were a coach and you wanted to have your basketball team do this program before uh, practice or a game, there's your easy buy-in. You're going to have them do the shred program. <laughs> um, it's always got to have a catchy name, right? It does. With so, uniforms, we can make it cool. Yeah. So um, what they did is they took high school and basketball club teams, both male and female players. Uh, they were ages 11 to 18. Um, 
and they kind of had a control season. So in the control season, there was a standard of warm-up for practice. So just your normal whatever you standardly do for basketball practice warm-up, just do that. I'm thinking like maybe some suicides running around the court. Those kind of things. Running through what the you motions. you typically say, right? Free maybe, throws, layups. Maybe some coaches had people do stretching, yeah. static, what you think of as static, traditional stretching. You know, nothing very designed, mm-hmm. nothing very specific, nothing standardized, okay? And so they looked at injury rates in that first season. Then they went to the same groups, and they randomized them into two different groups. So um, this was in season two. They had a coach's workshop for this shred injuries. Um, That was completed by the participating team's coaches. And then the teams were randomized into two groups, either unsupervised or supervised. So the supervised group, they had weekly supervision by people in the study. And so they were coming out to the practices and they were trying to help coach the coaches on how to do it. Um, The unsupervised group, obviously it was just delivered by the coach and they had the original training session and some materials to reference, but not much else. Um, this program, it sounds, it sounds like we're talking about a lot of things, but it's a 10 minute warm up. So I think that's the other exciting thing is that it's 10 minutes. So if you were a coach and you're thinking, wow, time is at such a commodity, um, it's not a big investment to take 10 minutes when you hear about their injury reduction ability. Um, if you took 10 minutes and invested in practice or games, how it could reduce your injuries. So I think that's important. Um, the shred program basically includes 13 exercises. They're grouped into aerobic agility, strength, and balance. Um, so, and what they were looking at is not all injuries, but just, um, ankle and knee injuries. Okay. So what you might typically most commonly think of in basketball is ankle sprains. Yep. You know, there's a lot of people turning their ankle and this is a battle in sports medicine. We've been talking about for, for years, how do we eliminate, you know, ankle sprains? Is it braces? Is it tape? Is it whatever? So this is taking an approach at looking at, you know, a neuromuscular warm-up program. So, um, Ali will share, there's a really cool video um, that goes along with this program. So if anyone out there is listening and you're thinking, my kid could benefit from yeah, this. Yeah, you know, my, my kid could do this or my team could do this. We'll share the video in the episode notes and you can access it. It's on YouTube. Super easy to watch. It's not technically difficult. Um, you could probably access it and learn a lot just from watching the video. And if you had more questions about how to implement it or specifics for your team or organization, you could reach out to any one of our clinics um, and any of our therapists. They all have this information. They'd be happy to share it with you. And we can even, you know, look at how we could help your organization with different clinics or, you know, participations or screenings or anything like that we're open to. And the video is from the Shred organization? It is. Okay. It is. Yeah, it's directly from them. It's the exact video that was used in this study. It's from 2017. So um, it's, you know, recent. <laughs> and it's, it's not kind of. super corny, you know, so oh, you can, <laughs> can kind of get through it. It's not, it's not terrible um, to watch. Okay. So once we kind of look at the results of the two teams, it's, it's interesting. Um, the program was associated. So doing this program was associated with a 36% lower rate of ankle and knee injuries. So that's pretty significant. You know, yeah. when you think about that, um, across the board, I can't think of another thing that's been shown to reduce 
that level of injury by 36%. Um, what's interesting is both the supervised and unsupervised group improved. The supervised group improved a little bit more than the unsupervised group. So the people that were going out and coaching the coaches each week um, obviously had a little bit of an improvement. But even if you were a coach and you wanted to do this on your own, um, the study shows that you still have uh, as good of a chance or really, really close to as good of a chance doing it independently as you do if you were doing it with someone's help coming to you every week. So that's the attractive thing to me about this program is we could get this out in people's hands mm -hmm. and they could be making a difference for their team, yeah. their youth sport people they don't right need away. the shred representative to come on site and teach them this it's pretty you know straightforward in the video that they could yeah it's, pass along. it's super easy and so if we break down the activities there's basically four categories so in the aerobic category there's forward run forward run and backward zigzag skipping forward run progressing speed and then if you go to the agility category there's single leg jumps over a line jumps in place and then if you look at strength, there's planks, side planks, hamstrings, which is a what some people call a Russian curl or a reverse curl where you're like kneeling and go down onto your stomach, walking lunges, side lunges, and then balance, single leg balance and balance with a toss. So those are all very easy, you know, exercises to perform in a gym setting not equipment intensive you know if you watch the video some of the biggest things you might need would be a cone or a line which is obviously readily available and then maybe you know the basketball to toss or something like that but um, we're not talking about spending thousands of dollars on some fancy piece of equipment or anything <laughs> like that would be easy to do yep the other interesting thing so we've talked on our episodes before about um tendon injuries in adolescence, right? Because they're growing so quick and often their tendon suffers, um, you know, some overstress or overuse or injury or irritation. And that's probably the other, you know, we have the kind of in youth basketball, you would have like the traumatic, you know, I came down, I turned my ankle, or you would have kind of like I overused and, you know, I'm getting what people might call jumper's knee or Achilles tendonitis. Um, the interesting thing is when they followed these folks, and I think that would be a good point of follow-up, would be a longer following this group, but there was maybe some slight improvement in um, incidence of tendonitis or irritations at the Achilles tendon and patellar tendon of this group as well. So when you watch the video, it's interesting. They give little clues and tips and tricks, like they'll give – when you're running backwards, make sure that you're keeping your knees in alignment. Don't let your knee buckle in. So I think those little things started people thinking about how they were landing, how they were jumping, and really focusing on their form. And that may be what the you know end result had on improving the health of their you know tendons as they were just being more mindful. Because if anyone listening has watched a teenager. Um, run or jump they're kind of like baby giraffes they have these <laughs> really long limbs and they can't control they them. they haven't so. grown into them yet <laughs> yeah exactly and um, when you look at the strength program I think what's interesting is um, and we've touched on this before we're talking about knee and ankle injuries but look at the strength components of the program it's plank side plank hamstrings walking lunges and side lunges none of those are ankle strengthening no you know it's all addressing hip stability, hip strength, and core, 
you know, abdominal and lower back strength. But so if we've learned anything from the past podcast episodes that we've done, you have to work up the chain is what you guys like to call it, right? Exactly. To strengthen anything below or above it. Yeah. So, and I think that's a, a real common thing. We, we've addressed this in other episodes when we t- start talking about people that might have an ankle or a knee injury and we have them do a hip exercise or a lower back exercise. And the patient's going, but Wait that's not where minute. it hurts. You read the wrong chart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and no, we, we didn't. We're working to build control so that that lower segment is in a better position. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that this concept of neuromuscular control and neuromuscular warm-up is really, really important. And I think we're going to see a lot more data coming out to support this concept of firing the neuromuscular system, increasing that feedback and that is probably positioning people the best for, you know, injury prevention. I think you're starting to see it a lot in, um, in professional sports. You know, if, if you ever have been at a, a game early um, or if you watch on TV, you know, the pregame show and there's people in the background and they might be doing things like walking and lifting mm-hmm. knees up or they're shuffling to the side or they're doing a light backwards run you know mm-hmm. those sort of things i think are all in this category of neuromuscular facilitation or right. neuromuscular warm-up there's a big interplay between our brain our nerve and our muscle and the better we get that pathway working before we put it in a high stress high speed environment um, the better we're positioned to have uh avoid an injury. It's interesting you bring that up because in my mind, I go straight to, you know, the warmups in basketball, like what we're talking about. They're just kind of showing off. They're like, like they're tricks. (laughs) Like I can make these baskets. We can have all these, you know, plays that we can do. They're not like really warming up their body. They're just kind of like performing a pre-show before the game. Right. So these types of things are kind of like, you know, getting their body ready before they actually pre-practice of the game. Yeah, I think breaking it down, you know, and going through, I mean, if you think about basketball, again, back to the components of this program, and you look at the aerobic, you know, they're looking at a forward run, a forward run and backward zigzag, skipping, and then forward run faster. You know, that's kind of almost all the components of how you run in basketball broken into small parts. And I think that's the other concept of this neuromuscular activity and this neuromuscular warm-up is we're breaking down the complicated movements into small parts and almost think about like training wheels you know you're just kind of easing into those activities so you know it's interesting this program was done specifically for youth basketball so it probably wouldn't translate if you were um, a youth baseball player and you wanted to do injury prevention, you know, this isn't going to be the kind of neuromuscular program that's going to warm you up for baseball, but different, different limbs and different muscle groups. (laughs) Correct. But that's where we can come in as professionals to help design that kind of a program. Um, And I think as the weekend warrior or the athlete that may go out a little bit here and there, like if you played rec basketball and you're in your forties and you're like, how can I make sure I don't get hurt? I would tell you, even though this study was done with youth, I would say this is a great basketball-specific program to do as a warm-up if you're going to play a pickup game on the weekend. So um, look in the episode notes, take a look at the video, and I think that concept of neuromuscular warm-up translates to any activity. So if you're getting ready to go shovel the driveway, I think breaking down shoveling and doing small movements that get ready 
and simulate that activity. Um, let's think about mulching. Let's think about cutting the grass. Mm-hmm. Let's think about any of those activities out there that we do that aren't necessarily, quote, unquote, an athletic activity, but they're physical. I think, how do you get ready for that? I think you would break that down into small movements, try those small movements in a slow design fashion, and then do the actual activity. Mm-hmm. You know, we see so many folks that, um, you know, go straight outside, straight off the couch, straight out of the chair, and go into something, whatever that activity is, and then they get injured. Yeah, and spring so, cleaning's coming up too, so people are going to be up in the attics, getting their stuff out of the closet, the things right. they haven't worn last season, which, honestly, I have a lot to do. I love how so, Allie goes right to the fashion. Well, <laughs> it's going to happen. You said gardening. I'm more in the closet, so I'm just going to take out all the old shoes I didn't wear. But that's some stuff that they're reaching above their head, the heavy exactly. stuff. Exactly. So simulate those movements. You know, just do, just start out reaching to shoulder height, mm-hmm. then reach overhead, then reach below, then add a squat with a reach. You know, do 10 or 15 of each, then move the boxes out of the closet. You know, I think those things, we used to think about stretching, and everyone used to say stretch before. And as we do more and more research, we're finding that stretching, it's stretching's not bad. Static stretching's not bad. It's just when you do static stretching, we need to be real smart about how we sequence that. And so for our athletes and for our prior activity recommendations, we're doing a lot more now with neuromuscular facilitation, um, small general body movements to warm up or get ready and get that system firing. And then the static stretching is post activity. So after the game, after the competition, after gardening, after mulching, after moving Allie's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pairs (laughs) of of shoes out of the attic, she needs to stretch. So, but not before. You're going to get me in trouble. (laughs) Is that where you hide them from your husband? Okay. He's he's not listening, hopefully. I just take off. um, I take up most of the closet, so. Nice. (laughs) Well, I hope you guys enjoyed learning a little bit about neuromuscular warm-up. And for the students out there. I'm I'm interested. I mean, this is a no-brainer now. You had to know. You had to know. If someone comes in asking... Um, or, you know, you've just treated a basketball athlete for an ankle sprain and they say, Hey student, how do I keep this from coming back? Refer them to this warm up program. I think that would be a great resource for them to use. And I think, uh, the more we can do a job of preventing the better off we're being a service to our patients. So they come in with a sprained ankle, they get mm-hmm. treated for their sprained ankle, mm-hmm. it gets better, they want to go back to playing, but they're scared of being re-injured, this is the warm-up yeah. to keep that away. It is, and I yeah. think any athlete out there is, you know, it's a very common question when they return to sport, you know, not that they don't love us, but they don't want to be in our office, no. they want to be out they participating. They want to be on the court. So I think they're going to ask, how can I keep this from happening, yep. you know, so I think this is a good resource to refer them to. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at oxfordphysicaltherapy.com. And you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms. And until next time, keep it moving.